I just heard my grandson, he, he talks a lot, most of it's unintelligible, but I just heard him say something that maybe some of you thought when I said I've got 45 minutes. Oh no. <laughs> it's one of his. Oh, okay. Oh, leave the chocolates. Yes, I appeared uh, during the week at, um, at Lauren Nick's place and I can, when you look through the window you can see the Littleys sitting there having breakfast and Atticus was hoeing into his wheat bicks and uh, he just momentarily looked up and went, oh no. And just went... <laughs> so, anyway, you take it with a grain of salt. I'm sure he doesn't mean it. I'm not quite sure what he means. This morning I just want to encourage you, share with you from the Psalms some observations, um, just some encouragement to read your Bibles, to pray, to be honest with God in your prayers and to persist. I know Andrew's prayed but let's pray again. Mighty God, in, in Ephesians it says to him be all glory in the church and in Jesus Christ from this generation to the next. And Spirit of Jesus, we know you are here and we're here to continue to worship you and as Andrew said, to make ourselves vulnerable. And we ask that you will do what only you can do in this meeting, in this time, transforming, restoring each one who's here today in every aspect of their lives. We long for that, Lord. We long to be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in recent years, in my Bible reading, I've followed a pattern of uh, everyday Old Testament, New Testament, and the Psalms. Often not all three. That's, that's too much, but two out of three. Sometimes it's only one out of three. Uh, a few weeks ago, I finished the book of Joshua. Um, and you'll, many of you will know his godly leadership. Um, and he, at the end, he was committing the people to following God. And three times, the people yell out, We will follow the Lord. And next is the book of Judges. Uh, and if anybody, any of you know the book of Judges has a slightly different tone. So I thought, oh well, here we go. You know, I consistently follow um, the books as they're in the Bible, but I um, had a quick look at Bible Project. Anybody use Bible Project to give them a bit of an outline? Well, a few wonderful graphics um, to follow. So I had a look at the Judges outline and it started off saying, the book of Judges tragic tale, almost total moral failure. So knowing what was coming, oh, I made the decision just to skip judges <laughs> momentarily uh, and move on to Samuel. Because, you know, the book of Samuel opens with the amazing story of Hannah and her family and of um, her son Samuel. I'll get back to judges. <laughs> But you know, I don't know whether you're like me, I don't have that problem 
with reading the Psalms, and I've read through the Psalms many, many times. There's just a humanity about the Psalms that, that grips you, whatever your situation in life. So go and talk about the Psalms, not the whole lot of them. So the Psalms are the longest book in the Bible. In the old days, you're always told it was the easiest book to find, because I can even remember at Sunday school, you know, you... The Sunday school teacher would hold up the Bible and say, just let your Bible fall open to the middle. And magically, most times, there was the Psalms. Of course, that's different today. Just use your phone or your iPad. Written, the Psalms are written over a period of a thousand years and written over two and a half thousand years ago. So they're poems to read, repeat and to sing. About one-third of the Psalms were written by David. Moses wrote one. Solomon wrote a couple. And there are groups such as the sons of Korah and the sons of Asaph. And quite a number of them are anonymous. The Psalms cover almost everything you could want to say to God, both personally and as a group. The delight of the Psalms is that they are so accessible, written over two and a half thousand years ago, and yet when I read them, I can easily identify with the thoughts and emotions expressed in them. One writer I read sums up the feeling of the Psalms as taking the readers from hell to hallelujah, from the depths of despair to the highest praise of the living God. Now, I said at the beginning, I want to encourage you, but... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start off using some of the Psalms of Lament. Anyway, stick with me and it'll all become clearer. And over one third of the Psalms are laments. And some of the desperate emotions expressed are deep grief, anguish, Exhibit A, disappointment, a sense of isolation, confusion, fear, uncertainty, anger, revenge. I've selected a few Psalms. Psalm 13. Listen to the honesty of this. I wonder if our prayers reflect the honesty of what, and I think David wrote this one, and he's talking to God, and he says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Remember, he's talking to the living God. Turn and answer me, O Lord my God. Restore the sparkle to my eyes or I will die. Just take a moment, an ad break, a sad break. <laughs> Did you hear the raw honesty of what is being said here? And he's speaking to God. You see the writer of these words, kneeling, head hanging down, maybe his arms stretched out in pleading. 
Psalm 6, similar feelings. I am sick at heart. How long, O Lord, until you restore me? I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. Now I'm sure there's not a person sitting here this morning who's not thinking of um, life experiences and issues um, that you've gone through where you can identify with the desperation that the psalmist writes about. I've certainly asked some of these questions, many of these questions, many times. Here's another one, Psalm 142. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him. Do you complain to God? I hope so. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. For quite a while, a number of years, I've been journaling. So, and most of these feelings you'll find in my journal, especially over the past four years. Um, not sure about revenge. <laughs> there, was, there are some tricky psalms in there. Um, yes, yeah, so we'll leave out revenge. But um, some months ago I wrote, and my journal contains uh, scriptures that I've read that day that have impacted me, um, prayers, bits about the weather and all kinds of trivia. Even used to write in here when we first started coming here, the names of people we'd met and who they're connected with and <laughs> to try and keep track. That's a work in progress. <laughs> now I'm looking for something I wrote in my journal some months ago. And this was coming out of the scriptures I was reading. It says, Loving Father, where's our peace that passes all understanding? Where's our abundant life? Where's our joy? Where's our fullness of life? Um, Where's our new song, a hymn of praise to our God? That was from Psalm 40. Where are our answers to prayer? And then so the following days I thought, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> and of course it struck me, this is what the Psalms are full of, the pleadings with the Lord. I read this comment about the Psalms. It doesn't matter where you are in life. The Psalms say, you, child of God, stand in front of your heavenly Father and speak to him. That's not just the nice things, but it's all those laments and questions. Stand in front of your heavenly Father and speak to him because he delights to hear you and he will be with you through thick and thin. This reminds me, of course, of something that's not in Psalms, Hebrews. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace, the throne of God's gracious favour, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy and find his grace to help in time of need. 
and in brackets CAMP says an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. The psalmist is saying what we've all thought from time to time of no one caring. Uh, but I certainly know in the context of this congregation, that's not true. We've experienced ongoing care in practical ways and constant prayer. But beware of the evil one. He will try and keep you and me in that place of isolation, of believing his lies that no one knows, no one cares or is interested, or even worse, that God is so distant that he is not interested. At its core, lamentation is an act of faith, for God is the only one who can do something about our pain. When we lament, we acknowledge that God is everything and our source of help. So if you're not already encouraged, go to change tack and say that in these psalms, we, the psalms of lament, we often see a pattern. The writer pours out his heart in honesty about his suffering, his loss, his heartache, his frustration. And then he moves on to expressions of trust, trust in God to act, leading to hope and joy. And there are so many psalms to choose from. Psalm 18 says, God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God but the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock? I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my saviour. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I called on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and he saved me from my enemies. Did you notice the little two-letter word that keeps coming up? What was it? <laughs> my, my rock, my fortress. My saviour, my shield, my place of safety. He saved me from my enemies. Think about what you're facing at the moment. And he promises to save us from our enemies. Psalm 34. I will praise the Lord at all times. Not easy. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. In my desperation I prayed. And the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. There's that three-letter word. Saved me from all my troubles and all my fears. I will praise the Lord at all times. Such a lot in these few verses. 
And that's why um, we need to not only read the Psalms regularly or sing them in the songs of praise days, way back last century, there was a lot more singing of the Psalms. So we not only need to read them and sing them, we need to meditate on them, verse by verse, sometimes phrase by phrase, to hear what God is saying to us. Now, seeing it's Father's Day, I get to mention a few fatherly things. I'm the father of three wonderful daughters. Two are here today, living in Alveston. One is in Mackay. She works in the main Baptist church in Mackay and comes down a couple of times. We also have two beautiful grandchildren. You heard the one before. Um, and I want to quote from him again. I've quoted some well-known people, but I want to quote from Atticus. Maybe it's just his age, but when he's presented with something like a bowl of blueberries or some strawberries um, or a new toy, his little fingers twinkle and his mouth goes like this, his eyes sparkle, and we don't know where he got it from, but he says, wow, wow. And he'll even take a few seconds before he starts devouring the food just to go, wow. Um, Lauren Nick sent through a photo a few weeks ago. He was sitting in his high chair in the kitchen. They've got big windows. Sun was going down, and he turned around, and his little short arms... I went, wow! Not sure whether it was the sunset or what it was. It's delightful. I'm with Andrew. I want to hear more praise reports in this congregation. We could even call them wow reports. To see what God is doing in our midst. How I long for more of that. How I long for crowds lining up just to get in here. How long to see those back seats packed full of children scrambling around, making noise. It's coming. So I'm going to finish with Psalm 103. And I'm going to give you the signal. This is what happens when you let a teacher of six and seven year olds up here to speak. <laughs> I'm going to give you the signal. When I give you the signal, you're going to say, wow. <laughs> so I'm sure you've read this psalm before, but I wonder whether you've read it slowly and digested and went, wow. That's amazing. Psalm 103 says, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I'll praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Wow. Mm. He forgives all my sin. Wow. He heals all my diseases. Wow. He... Yep, it's you. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. Wow. 
He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, I long to see all those things. Happening more and more. Here for a start and then spreading. I'm going to finish with, um, well, it's not out of um, Psalms. I'm going to finish with uh, a prayer from Philippians 3. So pray with me. For my, it's from the Amplified Version, so it's a bit extended. For my determined purpose is that I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely, and in that same way experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. O oh Lord, let it be so in everyone in this congregation, those here today, those um, who will listen later online, those who are, are, are at other churches with family today. May it be so that we may experience the power of your resurrection, which overflows and is active in every believer. Show us, Lord, we pray in your precious name. Amen. Thank you, Andrew.